Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. <laughs> it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our show about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time again, Kirsty. It's that time. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're here this week with something that is both exciting and alarming. Yes. And that is the return of Outlander. Yeah, it's been like two years since we were last traumatized by Matthew B. Roberts and... Yep. According to the rules of the universe, it is time again for that to happen to us. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's that time. So we are recording this on February 28th, which is a handful of days before the actual release of the first episode of season six. So this episode is going to have an unusual structure for us. Mm-hmm. We're going to do the first part where we're going to talk about Outlander, where we're at with Outlander. <laughs> Yes, we're here to talk about Outlander. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do some table setting. Yep. Before we arrive into season six. And then in a few days we're gonna come back together and talk about the first episode. Yeah. So you'll yeah. hear this hopefully the week after the first episode and Yeah, ideally. That's the that's the idea here. Yeah. Yeah. We're, totally we're capable, capable of that. This. If you're really lucky, you're going to get some Daniel Radcliffe singing. She'll be coming around the mountain in the middle of this. It hit me today that we were going to have an excuse to use that. And I was like, (laughs) yes, more split episodes. (laughs) Every episode needs a transition song. Yeah, yeah, that's the real gift buried in here. Yeah. Yeah, so... I think we should start with the fact that Kelsey just did a rewatch of season five because she's a yep. good little homework girl. Yep. Um, and you had a bit of a transformative experience, or so my Slack messages tell me. Yeah. So I think you and I probably talked about this not on air, so we're going to talk about it on air. Yeah. <laughs> this time. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I watched season five because it had been a while. I think I've seen season five three times now. Oh, really? I've only watched I, it the once. Yeah, I think I saw it again, like, close to after it finished. Dang, girl. Okay. Um, but I make a mistake every time I rewatch the show, which must have been the second time, too, of starting at the beginning. Yep. And going to the end. Yep. And... Where that leaves us in season five is you're furious about season four, rightfully furious. Furious. About everything about season four because it's horrible. Actually, I think potentially I've never made it to a rewatch of season five because I give up somewhere in season four. Yes. Like season three has a rocky end and then you just slide into season four and it's terrible. Yep. And so by the time you get to season five, you've got all this like righteous anger that Mm -hmm. you bring into season five and when i was thinking about the season coming out i was like well there were some episodes that kirstie and i weren't mad about like that maybe we liked so i when i think about season five i'm very like ugh about it but then if i actually like think about it any more than that i remember multiple conversations with you where i was like in defense of season five yeah 
And there's some things that are adaptation choices that I don't understand that you understand, but yep. um, there's definitely, like, there are some bad episodes mm-hmm. I'm fine just with Some saying truly that. bad episodes in there, for sure. Yeah. The the highs were high, and the lows were very mediocre. Yeah. Um, it was nice to come into it, though, without the, like, <laughs> anger of... <laughs> <laughs> Without that feeling that your dog is disseminating <laughs> <Without> right now. <laughs> Without wanting to do that at Matthew B. Roberts. Right. Right. Um, to come at it with, like, fresh eyes. And what was most revelatory for me <laughs> was that I, 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 I still hesitate to say this, but there were, like, I've always hated everything about Roger and uh-huh. everything about Brianna, but specifically everything about Roger. Yep. And let me tell you, I still don't ever want to hear your my darling Clementine nope. ever again. Nope. nope. Frankly, he just doesn't need to sing ever again. But that being said, there was like storytelling that almost worked. And then there's the part in the middle that just doesn't work. And what Kirstie explained to me is that that's called adaptation done badly. <laughs> Correct. Absolutely. A thousand percent. And I know there are a handful of you book readers out there who just heard that and screamed. but there's like a validating narrative about him wanting to like earn the respect of jamie and not just be like the intellectual who's useless to him and to like be an honorable part of the family or whatever and there's like a really nice progression of that plot where like he you know, messes up a few times and then he, you know, Jamie starts to realize like maybe he takes a different approach to things. And then by the end of it, like with this plot about like Brianna being captured by what's his face, like Jamie doesn't even try to go after him because he knows that Roger can just deal with it and like be a, be a man in his eyes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's, there's plot there. And then in the, the, of course we have the like shutting off the lights. I killed a man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we have all that and all that's fine but then jam-packed in the middle is this whole thing about him being taken prisoner and hung and losing his voice and like hey guess what you actually don't need that to tell the story of him earning the respect of his father-in-law <laughs> you really don't and see the problem with how they adapted it is that there are parts of it i still didn't need but the way the order of events in the book, you do actually need it as part of that journey. Yeah. And where they chose to have that happen in the show, you're right. Like, you don't need it to tell Roger's story. You don't need it. Which is like the story of season five. Correct. Is that there's dead weight that no one needs. Correct. But I stand by, like, the episode with the battle. Yep. Is incredible. They do some really effective stuff there the thing that they did this season that i think like plays in their favor and saves them from a lot of their own mistakes is that they actually invested a lot in imagery yes like they actually did some cinematography and i think like there were some times in season four in particular where they were like trying to do an art but i feel like season three they were trying to get back to some of the more art type stuff they did in like season one yeah. Like, we're going to play with color, and we're going to play with framing, and we're going to do some more, like, traditional cinematography and actually try to pretend that we care about the story we're telling. 
You mean in season five? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think that's definitely true. I think I'm, like, low-key excited for season six, but I think my expectations are tempered accordingly. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's fair. I think one thing I'm happy for you about listening to your feelings develop in this last rewatch of season five is it's basically the same journey I had to go on as a book reader Mm -hmm. where it was around actually this time in the books, like book five ish where I was reading and I was like, Oh my God, I don't care about so much of this. There's all of these extraneous characters. We're spending so much time in all these places. And like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And then it was like, look at this stage in the game, the point is no longer Jamie and Claire, romance, whatever. The Mm -hmm. point is now just, like, playing in the world. Like, Diana Gabaldon has just decided this is her playground, and we're all just along for the ride. And so, I feel similarly to you, where there is a lot of stuff with Roger and Bree that, like, I wouldn't choose. Like, I wouldn't go out of my way to read a book about them. Yeah. But also, since it's here, I find myself engaging with it. Like, I've been able to compartmentalize those parts of my brain where it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't love these characters, but, like, I'm still following along in their journey. Because there is a plot there, and there is something that we're doing with it. Yeah. Once you sort of open yourself up to it. Yeah. And I think that is going to be a really positive mental space for you to be in going into season six. Mm Mm-hmm. Because now we're getting into the stuff that's, like, deep in-universe. I mean, this is, like, deep-cut plot stuff. Mm. <laughs> and not all of it is bad. Okay. There are a few things in here upcoming that I, again, didn't need, wouldn't have asked for, but, like, stayed engaged with. Okay. That I think has some potential for the show to do good storytelling with, if only they can figure it out. Like, if they can just get out of their own way... Yeah. Some interesting things could come of it. Yeah, I'm really curious about what will be happening because I don't, I obviously don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm in store for. I also, there's a, there's a particular plot that comes up in the books that I think is important that I wish that the books had spent a little more time on. Okay. And I'm hoping that we have the potential to do that here just based on a couple of the snippets that I've seen. Mm -hmm. Like, they've put enough snippets in the trailer to show that they're at least going to do the basis of this plot. Yeah. But I don't know how much time they're going to let us spend with it. Okay. So, I'm interested in that because I think it was a a plot that I wanted to spend more time with in the book that I think the show could do some good work with. And it would let one of our faves, like, really get to do something love a fave we love our faves (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm like kind of interested too because i i know that they're like double dipping with the for all mankind Mm -hmm. staff for a lot of this show and like i i was surprised to learn like one of my least favorite episodes of season four was done by a for all mankind writer and like interesting like their story is very strong i just realized i was doing the thing I had All Mankind mixed up with Animal Show. Yeah, not Animal Show. <laughs> the other Ronald <laughs> We're on Moon Show production. now. <laughs> Space Show. Every oh, Moon Show. 
Yeah. Um, but their story and, like, execution is really strong, so it's, like, I wonder if there's going to be learnings from that two years in, two seasons yeah. in. Um, which will be interesting. But also we need to talk about the travesty that is the wigs in the f- promo photos. because The wigs are some of the bad. worst I've seen to date. Bad. Really, like, offensively bad. I, how have they not... I know that wigs are challenging. I've actually, like, done some reading about why wigs are frequently so bad. Mm-hmm. But how have they not figured it out? They had the budget to build a bespoke COVID testing lab. You can't tell me that they didn't have the budget to make better wigs. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I won't accept it. They like it's funny because some of them are so bad and some of them are fine, and then some of them are so bad again. And it's like, why did we? How did we get here? How did we get here? And also, you like, call a single person who worked on the Americans. <laughs> That's all you need to do. <laughs> yeah, there are good wig makers out there. Yeah, there's no reason. No, there's no reason. And like, I'm always offended at the concept. That Tequila Sam is out there in the world and we have to deal with whatever iteration right. Outlander chooses to put forth because it's not Tequila it's Sam. It's not Tequila Sam, no. They don't let Tequila Sam's freak flag fly. <laughs> 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 they rein that bad boy back in. <laughs> but, like, surely this wig isn't the answer either. No, I honestly, Jamie's hairline is, like, the most offensive thing to me. Like, I get that they're trying to make him look older, but, like, there is no evidence in the book that Jamie Fraser has a receding hairline. So <laughs> what are we doing? That man is in his 40s, and that hairline hasn't moved once. You're going to try and take that away? Yeah. Come <laughs> on, guys. <laughs> Let good things be. Right? Let us have like a single nice thing. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> oh, God. I'm excited. I think I feel more hopeful about season six than I did about season five. Yeah, agreed. The thing that concerns me most at this point is not actually the quality of season six itself. It is how season six plays into the future of the show Mm -hmm. because there are some things that make me feel concerned about upcoming contract negotiations some things some things a few a handful of items (laughs) that have been in the press recently Uh and i imagine that they'll have to do a season seven like i don't think cat and sam get off that easy Mm-hmm. But I do have a lot of questions about how we wrap at the stage of the story that we're in. Yeah. I do think everybody wants out. Yep. I think everyone's pretty much done. And honestly, since the fandom spent all of last week, like, crucifying Kat for not going to the premiere when she has, like, an infant child at home and she attended virtually instead because they claimed that Stars was once again keeping her and Sam from being in public together and therefore treating the fans disrespectfully. Wait, I didn't know that was the, the oh, reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so she, she didn't go Stop. to the premiere because she, like, has a baby and can't just, like, do Stop. a 24-hour trip. 
And well, if you the fans to were bullets, like, they're like sixth child or whatever. Yeah, the fan. Yeah, the fans <laughs> were like, this is proof that Stars is still keeping Sam and Cap from being together, and it's disrespectful to the fans These to continue keeping them apart and hiding their relationship. And the network, like people, were straight up tagging like at Stars and oh, being yeah. like, let them be together. <laughs> and this like. This is how you treat your fans. It was, like, all about treating the fans. Like, honestly, even if they did have 14 love children, how does that have anything to do with <laughs> respecting you, Deb? Like. <laughs> oh anyway, God. we're going to get spammed with one-star reviews. I don't care. <laughs> get a life. Get a life. I have no time for it. I li- I, I've been enjoying the, like just no fucks given approach to them at this point mm-hmm. though yeah so i mean all that said like it is contract negotiation time sam and cat both have their own stuff going on now without needing to lean on outlander yep. for notoriety and the fandom is continually more unhinged and everyone's burnt out on it yeah and i don't think season six was written with the end in mind and even if it was, the storylines from book six and book seven are not conducive to it ending right now. So that, I mean, that's what's going to be in the back of my mind watching this season is like, I already have a lot of questions about Endgame with the books, mm. since we only have one more book left to be released. Yep. Um, I have read book nine and I have a great number of questions. <laughs> um, but especially, I don't know how the show ends right now but there's not gonna be four more seasons no of course not absolutely not because also we've reached the stage where there's so much book content that they can't even fit it all into a season and they're having to splice timelines and like it's it's untenable they're not gonna make it i think they know this and i think that's why that prequel announcement came out oh yeah for sure absolutely which i'm not interested i don't care right I'll watch it if I have to, but I'm like not. I, I'll end up watching it, but I won't be happy about it. No. I just hope we get one more, like, very lucrative contract for one season. I think they'll have, have to do one more season, because there's no way that they wrote season six intending it to be mm-hmm. the final. Mm-hmm. No. And so they'll do what they have to do to make season seven happen so that they can put a bow on it. I think season seven is already in the contract, isn't it? Is it? Well, it's already been written. Then so season, whatever the next whatever the next unprepared season is, season eight. Eight, yeah. Um and then that'll be that. Yep. I think that's correct. That's correct. That's what I want for them, frankly. I don't want them tied to the show long enough to make the whole series. No. I don't I don't even know that I think Diana Gabaldon should be tied to the series long enough to write the tenth book. <laughs> like <laughs> No faith. <laughs> Like, well, just, is is there a point, I mean, maybe not for Diana, but at least for the actors, like, isn't there a point when you've done your duty to the source material and that can just be that? I mean, when you're, when the harassment is <laughs> what it is, I think yeah. yes. Yeah, absolutely. If everyone was playing nice, maybe differently, but. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. That's, that's how we're feeling and where we're at. As we go into watching the first episode. I'm very scared about what art Matthew B. Roberts is going to try and, like, force on us this year. I've heard rumor that he was not 
as involved in this season as he has been in previous seasons. Did he get ousted? I don't think he got full on ousted, but I definitely think they tried to obscure him a little bit. Hmm. But it's it's like my understanding from like the little bit of reading I've done that like they tried to put other people sort of more front and center in the writing and directing than him so much. That would be nice. <laughs> that would be really nice. I would be really okay Spare with that. us from the silent film. Yeah. I think the, like, really experimental Matthew B. Roberts touches from season five were some of the most poorly received. Yep. And I think the whole crew, like, really had to <laughs> sit with that. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. And I I know a couple of people who did get to see the screener of the first episode. Mm-hmm. And everybody's been pretty tight-lipped about it because everyone lives in fear of spoiling anyone. Yep. But the vibe that I got from the messages that I saw was, like, overall positive. Good. It's also a 90-minute episode, so gird your loins. <sighs> okay, we're going to have a late night. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Well... Um, we're gonna play <laughs> some She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain, and then when you hear us again, we'll have watched episode one, and we'll have some thoughts. Yeah! Okay. See you then! <laughs> She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. When she comes. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. When she comes. She'll be coming around the mountain. She'll be coming around the mountain. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. Well, you want to know who else is going to be coming around the mountain? yeah that's us because we just finished watching the episode (laughs) coming down from a ledge is more like it (laughs) i always did imagine that song being about someone like going around a very precarious like very small road on a very steep mountain with a very large (laughs) drop off which is a little bit what it feels like entering the season well, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. So, yeah, we're back. We jumped forward in time. And we've seen the first episode of season six. We have. And we have some thoughts. <laughs> I think we had two very different initial reactions to the whole thing. Yes. Yes, we did. <laughs> You've already seen all of mine. All of yours are a mystery to me, though. Ooh. <laughs> um, so what I, what I have said is that I have some quibbles with it, but overall, I'm just happy to be here. I thought it was <laughs> fine. I thought this episode was fine. I have beef with it, but, like, I see what they're doing in terms of adaptation. Yeah. And I think it's fine. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I'm at. I was, like, not thrilled. I'm, like, fine with it. I'm not furious, but I did go into it furious because of, like, other factors. (laughs) Because... My sound system wouldn't work, and then stars <laughs> wouldn't work. And it was like a full-on hour-and-a-half-long troubleshooting meltdown. 
At like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. So I was not like thrilled about how that day had gone from start to finish. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to finally sit down and watch Outlander. And it was a crapshoot. But it's a real role reversal. This is the kind of shit that usually happens to me. I know. I know. I don't know what happened. You got a TV and suddenly mine is like, no. (laughs) (laughs) We can't both have functioning technology at the same time. It would make us too powerful. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean... I wasn't thrilled about the idea that they keep trotting out, which is like short season, but longer episodes, because really, I don't want longer episodes. Just give me well edited, well paced episodes and you can have a shorter season and that's probably better for everyone. I agree with that. I was excited about the idea of the 90 minute opener until I looked at the clock and realized we were 20 minutes into Ard's Mirror. And I was like, we don't need this to be 20 minutes. I would have taken the shorter episode for this to have been one single scene to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. Seriously, like, I don't know who it was for, but like, not only was it too long, but it was the same sequences like four times over. (laughs) Correct. Correct. I, I get it. I got it from the second it started. And also, I will say, and like, I don't know, maybe someone out there wants to quibble with me over this, but my experience of the book is that even the book didn't labor on this point this long. <laughs> <laughs> um, didn't need it. Didn't want it. I didn't need the full history, particularly, like, there's a lot I didn't need in the Ardsmere stuff, but I did not need the entire history of how Jamie came to be a Freemason. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> no, I don't care. Who cares? Also, like, why was this never established <laughs> prior to this moment if it's important, quote-unquote? Wasn't it? No. I thought, I thought they talked about it last season. Not on the show. Oh. Spoilers. Maybe in the books. <laughs> Big in the book energy. <laughs> I do feel like in terms of adaptation, this episode feels to me like they were submitting like an outline to the book readers. Like they were saying like, here's our proposal for the season. Uh-huh. Just so you know, we have plans. And it, it felt like going back to square one with how adaptations are made, like they were trying to do a very like... Mm. uncontroversial like white bread adaptation with a couple of like spin moves thrown in there interesting yeah i was like not thrilled to have the vo back i liked the early the beginning of the episode vo and i liked the energy of the end of the episode vo but i didn't like the words (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I told you this but like the amount that my eyes rolled back yeah. into my head i think i saw my brain i was like really uh-huh. like the first one in particular had huge herb jesus energy which is yes. a joke for literally no one here but go listen to our other podcasts the everwood Pinecast. yeah it's basically like they put some words in that are meant yeah. to have meaning, but they space them out so far yep. in time that you can't actually put the thought together very well because Correct. 
they're just saying some like deep words. It's one of the book prologues. I can't remember which book. Yeah. Um, but all of the book prologues feel like Herb Jesus. <laughs> Every single one of them <laughs> oh, no. is big Herb Jesus energy. Yeah. So yeah. no one needs that. <laughs> And the end was just like it felt like it felt <laughs> it felt like the lyrics to like an Evanescence song. Yes, <laughs> it did, didn't it? It did. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Who is this for?" You know, that is the energy we're bringing into the season. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, for better or for worse. <laughs> okay, but that is where we're at a little bit. I don't um, think I could have summed it up quite so nicely. Well, <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> um, I think we have differing opinions on the intro song. I hate it so a, much. A huge role res- reversal, I would say. Yeah. I Although nobody liked the acapella version. Nobody likes the acapella version. I don't know. I need to like... I've seen a lot of people ranking them, and I don't know if I could rank them other than saying that the season one is, like, the one true mm-hmm. theme song. So I can't confidently say that this is my least favorite, but it's up there oh, wow. as my least favorite. I The man started singing, and I was like, no, shut it down. <laughs> Go home, you're drunk. <laughs> That's very on brand. <laughs> Uh, but you like it? I like it. I'm so surprised because there have been other ones that are so much less offensive that you have disliked. Well, certainly not the acapella one because that one's no. certified offensive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I like this one. It's it sounds like the Civil Wars. It's it's like it just sounds like m- more like music I would actually listen to in, in my life. I think that's where I'm going huh. with that. Okay. That's an interesting comparison. I can't decide how I feel about that. <laughs> I don't know. I've had my feelings about theme songs change over time, and so it could have just been the shock of hearing it for the first time. Mm. Maybe I'll come around by the because a lot of other people really like it. But I also may just have to stand in my truth. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a nice palate cleanser from the acapella version, at least. <laughs> I did also think that it was complete horseshit that the Ardsmere stuff was the cold open. Because I think, like, like we've seen some creators trying to play with the length of cold opens recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think there needs to be a fucking rule on this shit. Like, I do not <laughs> think you can do 20 minutes and still call it a cold open. It's It was so long. It because was at so that point, the theme song is long. now an intermission. Right. Like, unacceptable. <laughs> you can do, like, like there was a point in the Ardsmere stuff where I thought they were going to start playing the theme, and then it kept going, and then I yeah. even forgot there was going to be a theme, and then suddenly it was, like, theme song time, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was jarring, and it, it you did feel like you kept being like, okay, when is it going to come through? Like, I feel like that doesn't help the length of it. <laughs> no. And also, they pulled some bullshit, which was an art that nobody asked for, where they did, like, a pre-show trailer as part of the episode. Yeah. So it was, like, mini trailer, 20 minutes in Ardsmuir, <laughs> theme song, and now we start the plot. 
Yes. Which I wasn't a fan of. (laughs) And by starting the plot, I also complained to you about this earlier, but it was like (laughs) half an hour of Ardsmere time, followed by like immediately jumping into like herp to derp i made ether <laughs> wonder what this is for is this a plot point <laughs> followed by literally just a dick measuring contest for the entire rest of the episode the like the i don't episode. what is this pacing who is it for this is what i'm saying is like i really don't remember the book belaboring this so much it's like just so like it there is supposed to be some weirdness with Tom Christie. Like, fine. Sure. Fine. It didn't take that much effort to convey that. Mm-mm. We get it. I honestly didn't even really need the backstory. Like, this could have all been explained in a dialogue with, like, Jamie and Claire having a sidebar after they show up. Like, Yeah, it- so I'm, like, 95% sure that the way it's presented in the books is that Tom Christie rolls up and someone's like, Oh, he and Jamie knew each other at Ardsmere. Shit was weird. And then they just kind of have a weird time. And, like, over the course of their relationship, little bits and bobs get dropped. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, they have a a complicated dynamic as human beings, huh? Like, we accomplished everything we needed to with Sam Hewen's facial reactions to Roger being like, I invited him to stay here. (laughs) That's all I needed. And it was wonderful. That's it. That was great. There were Sam and Kat both did some of the best crazy eyes acting I've seen in like a real minute. So there's that scene where Sam is just making faces at Roger. (laughs) For your consideration. (laughs) Truly. Truly, that's on my my reel this year. And then the other one is the scene where um, Brie is, like, getting on Claire's case about whether or not she's okay after her trauma. And Claire just keeps making crazy eyes at her, (laughs) being like, okay. It's, like, too real. (laughs) She gives her the same look twice, and it's, like, this wide-eyed side-eye, just kind of like, <laughs> anyway, and it's Brianna's amazing. like, you know, sometimes I told people I was okay when I wasn't. <laughs> There's a line in there where, like, she just randomly looks at Claire and she's like, Mama, I'm glad you didn't lose your heart and your spirit. And I was like, Go away. <laughs> I'm losing my spirit having this conversation. I'm losing my spirit right now. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. There's there's things I'm interested to see. Really, I just want the Fergus and Marsley spin-off. I want to spend more I'm time like there. I'm curious about this whole plot line though. I'm not. I actually liked this one. I don't know why. I should have been furious about it knowing me, but like I kind of liked it. I'm sure there's a redemption story in here somewhere. I'm sure it's all fine, but like, help. Characters making faces. I'm. Uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a wild time. Honestly, I probably like it mostly because it just means we get to spend more time with them, which I'm all here for. That's totally fine. <laughs> but like, Marsley got to do some good acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thrilled for her. 
Yeah. Thrilled to be here. Thrilled to be here. See, this is the kind of shit where it's like, I may have my quibbles, but like, I'm happy to be here. (laughs) I'm just happy to be part of it. (laughs) The thing that I'm like not stoked about is like, I realize that the fundamental religious conflict (laughs) in the United Kingdom is lengthy, but like, I've seen Dairy Girls. I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I have a hard time with this because typically the books get way more into religion than the show does. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, I have no basis or knowledge or interest in, like, the religious aspect of the stuff. No. Um, like, when it has a relevant intersection to history, like, I can get there, but it's just, like, not, that's not a realm that I can relate to. Mm-hmm. And so when Outlander, the fiction, wants to, like, get in there, I can't go with it. <laughs> no. I can't go there. It's like, what are we fighting about? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry. What's this? I did like the vibes of Tom Christie telling his people that they're going to build a church and Jamie walking up and be like, church, how about a house? <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was a vibe. That was a great scene. Mm-hmm. They gave Sam some, like, decent stuff to do. I'm into the, like, sass. Yeah. I think that's a good place to play in. I think so. They also gave him the greatest gift of costuming I think we've seen in quite a while. I agree with that. That man they was looking good. They gave him this, like, light teal mm-hmm. blue neck scarf thing. Yeah. I felt like he was bringing essence of tequila, Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, why have these people never put a man with blue eyes in a blue before? Seriously. Because it it was like, it came on the screen and I was like, oh, that's a costume choice and I'm here for it. I'm interested yeah. in that. It's like, as much as I, I quibble with the costuming for being too, like, clean and, like, mm-hmm. fashion-y... Which drives me crazy. Like, why is everybody on the ridge so posh? I'm also like, hello, Tequila Sam. (laughs) How's your waistcoat today? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. I don't feel strongly about a lot of the costuming, but that that was a, a gift for us all. Yeah. Yep. Although I think I'm like the only person in the fandom that is kind of over it with his big leather coat. Oh, I hate the leather coat. I feel like I liked it at first. Like, I hesitate to listen to old episodes, but I feel like I was in defense of the leather coat at one time. The Hagrid coat? The Hagrid coat. I'm squarely... If ever I was, I would like to say that the position has since flipped. (laughs) (laughs) It's, like, too bulky. It's too bulky. It looks oversized on him. Yeah. And it's also... It's, like, bulky, but fancy, but bulky so it's like trying to be fancy and trying to be utilitarian and it just like makes it look very out of place yeah oh speaking of out of place can i tell you the thing i screamed about the most yes okay so they're like doing the shot of 
Uh, I think it's when Tom Christie arrives on the ridge and Roger is, like, walking across the porch to greet him. And so Mm -hmm. he's walking across the row of all the goddamn windows on the big house. And they walk past this massive wooden door. And what is that in the middle of this hand-carved wooden door? Well, it's a giant panel of glass with, like, a design etched into it. (laughs) Where the fuck are the Frasers getting all the money for this glass? (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about it. I'm so <laughs> worried about it. I'm so worried about it. They're funneling all of Roger's like reparations payments <laughs> into the big house. It's fine. Did you see the stable? Yeah, it's like it's too HGTV and it has no business being so fancy. Jiggy Knight wishes he had a like, stable like that. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're getting into Felicity times. What's happening? Yeah. That, like, really took me back. (laughs) Anyway. Um, I'm just saying, in the books, the big house literally had, like, canvas windows in, like, Mm. a lot of the, like, they're not big fancy, big fancy boys, in the big house. It's, they only call it the big house because it's a little bigger than the other cabins on the ridge because they always have fucking people staying with them. I mean, I, I don't have an answer for this, but it, it looks seems like, like a HGTV fair quibble. dream home that they built in Stowe. <laughs> That's like a 15 year old reference for nobody. that's a reference for me though Uh uh-huh you know exactly what i'm talking about i do i do (laughs) anyway anyway that's where i'm at with this yeah (laughs) um I feel like I'm, like, coming into the season knowing that there's, like, things I should be looking for, but I don't know what they are yet, because I've mm-hmm. gotten, like, bits and pieces of, I don't even want to call them spoilers, but, like, phrases yeah. <laughs> that I've seen. It's funny. So, Kelsey has joined. The- <laughs> Kelsey has joined. <laughs> the the, um, the Podlander drunk slack, which I've been in for a long time. And so yeah. now we're all in this space of like Outlander people. And it's been funny since she joined because I'm noticing things that I would not like a week ago have thought of as spoilers. And they're still not spoilers per se, but I'm like, oh, these are unintentional breadcrumbs that none of us know we're like yeah. Yeah. dropping because we're a lot of the people are book readers. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how that informs your perception of things as they move forward. Right. It's also interesting given an adaptive choice, Hmm. which we'll debrief at the end of the season because it's something that I had incredible quibbles with when I read the book, and I can't decide how I feel about this choice now. Hmm. It's a mystery. A mystery. (laughs) (laughs) um like i know at some point melva christie is going to be important yeah per se 
my only feelings about her right now is that I think she's a Cullen in the wrong movie. <laughs> she's got a vibe. Uh-huh. I don't care about the other one. Yeah. Christy's son. <laughs> don't care. <laughs> and I don't... Everyone was talking about how he's hot, and I'm like, I don't think he's hot. No, that, I was concerned a little bit about that. Hmm. Not, not for me. But... Not, not to yuck any yums, but... Hmm. Somebody, somebody in one of the chats said that he looked like, um, like a lost snow brother. Yeah. And I was right. like, yes. <laughs> that's 100%. correct. Um, there was no singing. Yep. That's always a positive. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of all I got. It's all my thoughts. Yeah. So we're here now, folks. Now <laughs> later season, we've arrived. <laughs> we'll either do a midway check-in and an ending check-in, or just an ending check-in TBD. But but one way or another, you'll hear from us on the matter again. Yeah. And if you need to talk to us sooner than that, you can find us on Twitter at HateWatchWithUs, or you can email us at HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com, or you can click the contact button on our website, HateWatchWithUs.com, or you can... Choose our preferred means of communication, which is five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Please yeah. and thank you. Yeah. We're going to need those five stars because Outlander season <laughs> can be contentious <laughs> time for this podcast. Yeah. And yeah. if you are one of our listeners who inexplicably needs a break from Outlander... You can find our other podcast friends over at the Thought Bubble Audio Network. They're a network of shows about other geeky things, and you can find them at thoughtbubbleaudio.com, at thoughtbubblefm on Twitter, or thoughtbubbleaudio at gmail.com. And they also have a Patreon if you want to support the infrastructure that supports our podcast, and they're at <laughs> Thought Bubble Audio on Patreon. Yeah. How do you search that? Yeah. Yeah. We're also really big fans of the show called The Everwood Pinecast that's on the Thought Bubble Audio Network. Yeah. And, like, you should just check it out. You should check out that show because they're in their um, their season hiatus, which is a great time to get caught up before the next season drops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> we'll see you after we've been put through a few more episodes of Outlander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.